Hello and welcome to Electronic Ears with me, Fenner. Going to start off this week with a pop song that should sound loads worse than it does. It's actually taken from a load of jams that Ed Seeds did um, while he was taking a break from being on tour with Dua Lipa. And then when he went back on tour, he took all these jams and just cut and chopped them about and turned them into pop songs, resulting in something that sounds extraordinarily structured and very poppy. This is called Family Business.
Family Business by Stats, taken from this year's album, Other People's Lives. So next up, the International Teachers of Pop, uh, which consists of a trio of Adrian Flanagan from Moon Landings, Dean Honer from the Excentronic Research Council, and Leonora Wheatley on vocals. Uh, this is the album, which is also called International Teachers of Pop, is just cracking. Great electronica, um, very much straightforward, almost, dare one say it, predictable pop structures, but the vocals absolutely lift it and take it to where it needs to be. Um, Flanagan claims it's the third most important outsider album to have come out of Sheffield after Dare and Different Class. I'm not quite sure about that. Uh, it certainly has a feel of Groove Armada's Black Light. I'm a big fan of it. And this track is called The Ballad of Remedy Nilsson.
Glorious, the international teachers of pop taken from their eponymous album, and that track's called The Ballad of Remedy Nielsen. So, years and years ago, 2001 in fact, I bought an album by a Norwegian band called Roiksop. I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation or not. I don't think I've heard anybody else ever say it. And that's a really nice, low-key, electronic album. got the kind of warm feel to it. And then they've done like several albums in between, and they've all just passed me by. Um, but in 2014, they brought out an album called The Inevitable End, uh, which actually was not quite their last uh, piece of released music. Um, it's very different from Melody AM. In fact, I'd almost go as far as to say it's slightly more predictable as dance music goes, but still sounds absolutely great. And I think this song is just made for me by the last minute or so, which actually has a slightly Jean-Michel Jarre feel to it. See what you think. Uh, taken from the inevitable end, this is called Monument. <laughs> Thank you. 
Monument by Reichsop, taken from their 2014 album, uh, The Inevitable End. Now, my good friend Keith recently recommended a band to me called These New Puritans, who I'd never heard of before. So I gave their album, which is called Inside the Rose, a bit of a listen. And, you know, it's a funny thing with me and Keith. We get very close to liking the same kind of music, and even to the point where there are albums that we both love, but actually like different tracks from those albums. And this didn't quite tick my boxes. I mean, the song I'm going to play you, I think, is good. This is the one track off the album that really grabbed me. It's a bit too digital for me, a bit too overproduced, uh, which is ironic because the track's called ARP, which I guess is named after the ARP Odyssey uh, synthesizer, which was released in the very early 70s and featured on the sleeves, or in terms of what people were playing, of a lot of albums I bought in the late 70s and early 80s is a good budget synthesizer, I think. Still pretty expensive, but budget by the standards of the time. I'm pretty sure uh, Gary Newman used one quite a lot on his Telecon album um, for a starter. The one thing that this did remind me of, this track I'm about to play you, which is a bit of a saving grace, I think, um, reminds me very much of Thomas Dolby, his style of songwriting and certainly the vocal. And I think maybe if he was making albums now, they might sound a bit like this. But this is These New Puritans and the track ARP. This is not a dream 
New Puritans and ARP taken from their album Inside the Rose. Now, the Walker Brothers had a lot of success as a three-piece uh, in the 60s, and they split up and all did solo work, uh, Scott Walker, I think, being the most successful of the three of them. And then in the 70s, they got back together again and did three more albums, the last of which was called Night Flights. Um, but that wasn't really a truly collaborative album. I think one of them wrote two songs, someone else wrote four, and Scott Walker wrote four, uh, which released later just as an EP on their own. 
And the track I'm going to play for you is taken from that final Walker Brothers album, which is called Night Flights. And I've heard the album compared to Low, but it's got a bit of uh, David Bowie's Lodger in there as well, actually, particularly around the drum sounds. It's also got a gorgeous bass sound to it. Uh, Scott Walker's vocal, not as balmy as some of his stuff, but still slightly out there. So this is the title track from the album. This is the Walker Brothers and Night Flights. Be my love, we will be gods on 
The Always Out There, Scott Walker, with the other Walker brothers from their album Night Flights, their final album together, and that track was called Night Flights. Now, Apparat has a new album out for 2019, the prosaically titled LP5. Um, Joe, he always surprises me, because you get the impression there's a lot of these electronic producer, DJ-style artists just kind of working on their own, and sometimes their work can seem, to me really quite formulaic, formulaic rather. I remember reading an article once where some guy was half joking about recording an album in a night just on his laptop and you kind of go, that's perilously close to the truth for some of these guys, I think. But Apparat, there's always a depth to the music, uh, perhaps mixed with a, a vary, varying amounts of melancholy. I think this track, which is taken from the new LP, is just great it starts off sounding just kind of really run-of-the-mill like anyone could have done it and then as it goes on you just get drawn more and more into it um it's as i say taken from lp5 and this is called dawan
Apparat and Dawan, D-A-W-A-N, taken from his new album, LP5. Now, if you're a regular listener to the show, you might recall a couple of years ago, I went through a phase of being absolutely bowled over by Hannah Peel. Um, she was actually originally in a band called The Magnetic North, and I had a couple of their albums, but didn't realise that she was kind of part of the band. And then I bought one of her solo albums called Awake But Always Dreaming, and that was okay, I quite liked that in places. But she also, around the same time, released a concept album called Mary Cassio, Journey to Cassiopeia, which was much more electronic, and I absolutely loved that. And then there was a a subsequent remix album called Particles in Space, and that was even better, if anything. Um, And we went to see her, the Minx and I, playing in Leeds, and she did some stuff with a music box, these things she builds herself, and she did her covers of I think Soft Cell's Tainted Love and New Order's Blue Monday which you can get on her Rebox EPs all absolutely cracking stuff and then she was playing live with John Fox so 2017 was for me the year of Hannah Peel and I played a few things by her last year on the show as well anyway this year she bought an album with a guy called Will Burns who's a poet and I've played a couple of tracks on the show already and I quite liked it. I really like what she's doing. I wasn't so sure about the poetry, not least because I'm not massively into poetry, so the chance of her teaming up with a poet that I would really like, I guess, were fairly slim. All that said, last weekend, the Minx and I went across to Belfast for the Cathedral Quarter Arts Festival, which was superb. I'd recommend it, and I'd recommend Belfast as well. It's a great place to spend two or three days. And we went to see them playing in this little club, And do you know what? It was absolutely great. The poetry made a lot more sense live. I really like Will Burns as a performer, but Hannah Peel, my God, so talented. It was just such a brilliant show. And she'd based the pieces on what's on the album, but there was some improvisation as well. And just watching her work with all the analogue kit, well, you know, I love that stuff. So obviously I'm going to play a track from the album they did together, uh, which is called Chalk Hill Blue. And this particular song is called Change.
change. A few feathers on the river path by the copse betray the corpse. Nothing more sinister than unseasonal cold weather. The egrets and light have returned to the river the same week as a storm from Russia. The big drifts take their time, stay unthawed on the far bank for days, discoloured by a topsoil that has blown off the fields. The white birds fly, awkward, away, upriver, always away. And I move a violence all my own shape back through the town, alone and shamed, a man on his worn-out, empty way.
Change by Will Burns and Hannah Peel, taken from their recent album, uh, which is called Chalk Hill Blue, and which I would recommend, particularly if you love electronica, and maybe if you're a poetry fan too. Now, you might have heard of Delia Derbyshire, who was one of the pioneers of electronic music, and she actually uh, did the original theme tune uh, for Doctor Who. But you may not have heard of Daphne Oram, who was actually a sort of predecessor of Delia Derbyshire, and actually on the 1st of April in 1958, it was her who took rooms 13 and 14 at Maida Vale and converted them into being the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. And she was there right at the outset. And there was a marvellous quote that she pinned on the door of the Radiophonic Workshop, which was from Francis Bacon over 300 years earlier. I'll read it to you. He said, We have also sound houses where we practice and demonstrate all sounds in their generation. We have harmonies and lesser slides of sounds. We make diverse tremblings and warblings of sounds. We have also strange, uh, diverse strange and artificial echoes. We have also means to convey sounds in trunks and pipes, in strange lines and distances, which is amazing that it has that same feel of experimentation. So good on her that that's the thing that she chose to read at the outset. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to explore uh, a lot of the work that she did, maybe play a track every uh, other week or so. Um, this week, I'm going to start off, though, with a track that was prepared by Andrea Parker and Daz Kale uh, on the album Private Dreams and Public Nightmares, which is kind of they took a lot of her stuff and, and remixed it um i've not listened to the whole of that album but this track caught my fancy it's called women's hour and it takes a piece um by daphne Oram and uh over the top plays her being interviewed on women's hour and indeed it's called women's hour Some of my own voice in it. 
all sorts of things mixed together. This was in the early 60s. And this was an exciting time because um, we could combine all these things. You see, people got a little hyphen and scored the fact that the sounds were picked up on microphone. And they used to say, oh, well, it's all electronic, it's all synthesizer, all this, that, the other. I think we might as well use everything that's there, yes. as long as we use it. As long as we fit the sounds in our heads first, and then go and find them. You click two coins together, mm -hmm. and then you reduce it in speed. Eight octaves. Yes. Wonderful. Ooh, yes, exactly. Looking at, at um, the radiophonic workshop, your work must have been very varied indeed, wasn't it? I mean, for radio, for, for television, all sorts of things. Yes, and far too much work. You see, we didn't have much equipment. We were mostly using a sort of a three tape recorder technique and, and one oscillator. One filter. And it's not, I think that when people want a piece of music, people shouldn't necessarily know, um, you know, what mixer you use, what tape machine, and that's not important. It's the end result. Is it? And there were no home computers. Now you see I'm transferring it onto yes. the home computer. But uh, all of that was drawn sound, and, and yes. uh, that was very early days for this drawing of the graphs. Piece of equipment. Both wonderful and interesting. That was uh, Daphne Oran being interviewed on Women's Hour, uh, played over the top of some of her own music by Andrew Parker and Daz Quayle. Now, I've mentioned before on the show an EP called Little Girls with 99 Lives that Ingrid Chavez released uh, based on some work she'd done with David Sylvian. And I'm going to play a track from that for you now called Starred and Dreaming. And it was only this week when I was listening to this again that I realised just how much the music sounds like something off David Sylvian's solo album, Gone to Earth, to the extent that I almost feel like it was an outtake piece of music that he's just got her to sing over. In fact, having said that out loud, I need to go back and listen to the album and make sure it's not something actually taken from Gone to Earth. Um, but it's beautifully done, like everything else they did together, those, the, those handful of tracks. And this is called Starred and Dreaming.
Ingrid Chavez and Starred and Dreaming from the EP Little Girls with 99 Lives. Now, about 10 years ago, Fever Ray, who is actually Karen uh, Dreiger of a band called, a Swedish band called The Knife, released her first solo album, which was also called Fever Ray, um, which is the name that she was singing under. And The Guardian had it down as their second best album of 2009. It completely passed me by. I think I bought it maybe last year or the year before. I've played a couple of tracks off it on the show previously and it's just beautiful it's such a well-measured album there's it barely seems to put a foot wrong this track is called dry and dusty Yeah. 
Marvellous Fever Ray and Dry and Dusty taken from her album Fever Ray. So just one track left to play um, taken from Billie Eilish's album which came out early this year, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? I'm surprised how much I like this album actually. I'm not sure that I'm actually the core audience for Billie Eilish but the production's amazing as is the composition and, and in fact I've never think I've ever described production in this way before, but the composition of the production, the way everything is pieced together, is just extraordinary. It's not in the songwriting, it's just the way the sounds are processed, just lovely little snippets of sequences here and there, and just a fantastic vocal as well. Um, the track is called Ilo Milo. I'm going to leave you with that and say thanks very much for listening. I hope you'll be back next week. And until then, cheers. Bye. Where did you go? I should know